You are listening to the Food Means Business Podcast, which features the personal stories and secret ingredients behind what it's like to abandon your day job to start a CPG food and beverage business. I'm Janaba Johnson-Jones, former marketing executive turned entrepreneur and founder of food business incubator Hudson Kitchen. Join our community of fellow food business owners and subject matter experts to learn and laugh with us as we explore a startup world that's a little more culinary and a lot less corporate these days. This month, we are spotlighting Hudson Kitchen members here on the Food Means Business Podcast, and I'm so happy to welcome Jennifer and Irene from Chio. Ladies, welcome. Hi. Thank you. Before we talk about the business, I want to talk about both of you. If you could please tell me what you did before launching Chio. So previous to Chio, I did work in startups, a tech startup processing payments, operations, customer service, started into pre and postnatal yoga, and then got further certification, and then also my master's in nutrition. Um, And so very much started kind of a private practice, addressing nutritional concerns individually, and then also as a private postpartum chef. And so then that's kind of where Irene and I met. Irene? So... I worked in a lot of different spaces, um, but kind of the common thread was that I've always been interested in nutrition education and healthy food access. And so I worked in private sector at Bain doing consulting for several years on anything that was grocery and retail focused, and then also at a nonprofit on the south side of Chicago, setting up mobile grocery routes, as well as city government. So all all three trifecta, um, working on economic development to figure out how to use public-private partnerships to uplift the whole community. And kind of working on maternal health came because my aunt had a baby the summer of 2020. Um, And so I saw how my mom was taking care of her in this way and got really deep in my research into Mm -hmm. what other countries were doing to support new mothers with nutrition at the core and kind of with my nutrition education and healthy food access interest. I was like, why doesn't something like Chio exist for the U.S.? So how did you guys meet? Yeah, (laughs) we met on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, I'd been following Jennifer on Instagram for a bit already. And then when I had this idea, I was like, okay, well, I don't have the nutritional expertise. So I need somebody who does. And so Jennifer and I kind of started very kind of fluidly just starting with the pilot first to just test the idea. Then kind of over time, continue working with each other. And now it's been over two years now once we Kind of after that pilot, we're like, okay, like, I think this is working. Like, let's, let's explore this further. So describe the pilot a little bit. Tell me about what you guys did and what the outcome was. Yeah. So we met August, 2020, very much pandemic times. So lots and lots of Zooms and meetings virtually, and then Scrappily created this very random website. And it was one of those things where like, we were like, okay, we figured out the configurations, like we have a website and then we launched it and we're like, okay, are people just going to like buy it? Like, how does that work? <laughs> um, and so thinking of just like even very early partnerships and things like that. And then essentially around kind of like November, November to December, about six weeks, um, there was a time where we had up to 12 clients at a time and we still oh, wow. very much had the same configuration that we have now, uh, breakfast, lunch, dinner, broth, snacks, tonics. I was cooking all of the food from my kitchen. 
doing all the deliveries, all the packaging, and then mm-hmm. Irene was handling all of the customer service, delivery routes, all of those things. So very much for a long time, it really was just us, which seems like a thousand years ago now. But <laughs> How did you get to where you are now? Because now you're in Hudson Kitchen, which I love. Thank you so much. But in your team is fantastic. But there's, you know, six, seven people working in the facility How do you grow from you you making the food in your home to where you are right now? Give us a little bit of that journey. It's many, many chapters to this. (laughs) Um, Kind of the first chapter. So after our pilot, we actually then, this was December of 2020, like Jennifer and I thought we'd just have some time to think about it, figure out, you know, do we need to raise money for this and make the product really good? And our customers were like, no, you don't have time for that because we became the <laughs> organic Google search result, which was wild. Oh, wow. Wow. Thousands of dollars in pre-orders on this Shopify store that I had built. And we we're like, where is this coming from? We literally have no place to make the food yeah. and no team to do it. Yeah, so it was organic Google search. And so we we're like, oh, wow, these are like newly postpartum moms. Like we can't ship it to them later. They've already entrusted us with their care. And so in January of 21, we cobbled it together, like working in a restaurant that had a day off on Monday. So all day we just produce and ship and got some Michelin star chefs that were out of work because of COVID, literally cobbled it together. Then like we could only be there for about a month because it really wasn't like a permanent space. Um, And so then we were in um, a kitchen in lower Manhattan just because that was convenient and relatively easy process to get set up and we're just the whole point is just ship the product because we got like a new york times feature a bon appetit feature all in our first quarter of wow that's crazy not ready for this also like jennifer still had her pirate practice i was in graduate school full-time during this too so like really we were on eggshells um, surviving. Yeah, but basically, like, we knew we were outgrowing that kitchen mm-hmm. for months before we finally made the jump to Hudson Kitchen. Um, and there was basically, like, a breaking point in the kitchen where, like, literally everything was spilling over. Mm-hmm. Like, our chefs were super unhappy because there wasn't enough space. Like, it was also becoming extremely expensive. And I remember we were like, okay, we just – we need to leave. Like, everything is, like, falling apart because – of the constraints and mm-hmm. figuring out how we actually ship nationwide out of this facility was just bonkers. So I remember Jennifer and I, we, I think we were looking at a random space. We had like done some research about New Jersey, but literally we're just driving around New Jersey. And I, we had <laughs> never even thought of, we were like, okay, like maybe we can go to Jersey, but like most yeah. of our clients are in Manhattan. Like, and we tried the Jersey thing and like the tunnels, like the traffic, it seemed yeah. so daunting. And I remember that day, it was just the two of us again, just like driving around. And she's like, oh, like people have been talking about how much they love this place called Hudson Kitchen. And it's right over here. And I was like, okay, like it's close. Like, you know, it says we need to make an appointment, but we should just stop by. And I remember like Irene just <laughs> yeah. like knocked on the door and I remember like seeing Raymond and he was like literally our angel. We were just like, gosh, yes. this is perfect. <laughs> No. Yeah. Like we like literally snuck in. You know, we were not there. I was not there. It was a Sunday. I, he called me and he was like, um, I just showed the kitchen around. And he's not the only person that's done that, by yeah. the way. But like he definitely was like showing you guys around. I think I met you a couple of days later on Zoom. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. We were like, yeah. yes, please. We need it. <laughs> 
so good. I'm glad you guys, you know, stopped by the kitchen and that he was able to show it to you on his crazy yeah. Sunday. And it's like yeah. night and day working yeah. in Hudson Kitchen. I yeah. tell her all oh. the time. I'm like, oh my God, I love this place so much. It's amazing. Like just the space and just everything about it. It's just amazing. Thank you very much. I have a question. Did you guys decide to do any, any fundraising at all or is everything bootstrapped? Yeah. So our first year and a half, so like January 21 until say April of 22, it was basically like bootstrap business yeah. pays for itself, subscale. Um, and then we raised like an angel round that April, which was a wild yeah. time, I'll say, for another story. <laughs> yeah. And so we've raised an angel, friends and family round, and then actually have taken like more angel checks nice. um, since then, but nothing nothing that like institutional yet. So what do you look for in an angel investor other than money? Like, what do you, like there's got to be a person that's really attracted to your business. Yeah. I think what's been really great about what we're building is that it kind of weeds out people like you either are super passionate about yeah. what we do and really understand the need or you don't. We're not going to like you wouldn't consider us next to like a crypto investment. Like it's like <laughs> completely different. Yeah. And so I think as a result, like we've attracted a lot of angel investors who are moms and actually a lot of working professional mm -hmm. women who have large networks and actually, in addition to capital, want to help us grow and connect us to other people. And so actually a lot of you know, our hires or our advisors have come through our investors. And that's been really important for us with our strategic angels is that they provide not just capital, but a lot of helpful connections mm -hmm. and help us grow in a way that you don't need. Like we haven't raised that much capital. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it is like they're opening doors for us. That's great. So here I have, what is this? This is a buckwheat waffle with a goji berry compote syrup right here. Yay. Can't wait to try this. This one, I haven't tried this one yet. I have tried the chocolate quinoa cookies. Oh, I was just telling your chef, Camillo, that I we're in love with those. And I actually had one and then I took them home and there's no more. So just FYI yeah. on that. <laughs> talk about the, the product that you're making and like talk a little bit about the type of person that you serve as well. Yeah. So we very much create meal programs for fertility pregnancy through postpartum. Again, I mentioned the configuration. So it's either typically like a three-day or a five-day or even up to a seven-days, especially in postpartum. And I think our core product is definitely our postpartum product. We have a lot of folks who generally seek us during the postpartum period. Sometimes they're first-time moms. Sometimes it's like a second or third if they very much remember kind of the postpartum period and maybe how difficult mm -hmm. it could have been. And so we started out local, but obviously we ship nationwide now too. And so our clientele, they're typically very research-oriented, um, very interested in kind of like the cultural aspects around kind of postpartum care, traditions around the world. How do they have aspects of that, but then also um, a bit more modern than kind of like the traditional, say, force 40 days that is well-known around the world? Yeah, I think what's been really heartening about our customers that we've learned recently actually mm -hmm. is that there's more awareness around postpartum depression and people are kind of more vocal about it. Right. Um, a number of our customers have told us that like Chia was part of their care plan around managing or avoiding developing um, postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, which that's like the whole reason of why we do this. You're really making a, a big impact for sure. 
So let's talk about the name. Where did the name Chio come from? Yeah, I feel like every part of our business is like a wild story. So I'll keep <laughs> this one here. Yeah, basically with Chio, it's a Japanese baby name. It means thousands of generations. And why that was important for us is because two things. Like one, a lot of where we draw wisdom from is from thousands of generations of women abroad that have figured this out. And I think for us, what's been important is being able to bridge that with Western clinical science, but also give credit to where we got it from. Um, And also because a lot of the practices are from Eastern Asia. And so we also wanted to make sure that we honored that. Awesome. And then talk about marketing. I think you guys recently, Jennifer, you mentioned it before we got on that you were in LA. I believe that was for a Chio event. Can you talk about a little bit about how you reach your customer? Uh, so many different ways, at least we try to. So obviously we're not like super Gen Zers in the sense that like TikTok is like probably not our main form. And so like thinking about just truly all the different ways that we can reach to people. So Obviously, Instagram, social media, email, in-person events. And mm-hmm. so, for example, I was just in LA and cooked uh, dinner for a mom's group. And so thinking about ways that we can obviously reach our customer directly through mom groups or clinics or midwife offices or doulas, very much directly to kind of their periphery of whether it's resources or practitioners, whether that's also acupuncturists, chiropractors, um, anyone else kind of related to the birth community, since we very much work within that range and, and life cycle. But I think something that we are trying to explore as well as even just kind of like related brands. So like whether that's beauty or jewelry, or obviously as we talk about reaching our fertility customer, it's like maybe they're not necessarily ready to have a baby right away, but thinking about maybe hormone balance. So like period care, um, kind of other adjacent, maybe like femtech or hormone health products as well. Talk about entrepreneurship and how it's, it's changed you. I mean, you guys both have some corporate background and I'm just wondering, like, it's been a couple of years since you've been in this business and just wondering, like, how has changed you for the better? I feel like that's kind of a loaded question. (laughs) Um, Obviously, Irene alluded to just a lot of the really wild stories and experiences we've had. And, you know, you can't obviously predict entrepreneurship and it isn't like a very pretty journey. And I think so many people kind of think that, oh, wow, like, it's only been a couple of years and like you've gotten a a lot of great press. You obviously only kind of see like the highlight reel. And so, you know, thinking about even just the hard things and they were just so hard. And I, I still don't know because those now thinking about it seem like a thousand years ago when really it was last year. (laughs) You know, even just thinking about the highs and the lows and the challenges I think a lot of it is like resilience and maybe I think we've talked about this a lot, um, Irene and I, in terms of just being kind of like naive to what was happening or what could happen, Um, learning a lot, but just kind of working through those challenges and again, surrounding us with really great advisors and people who have been through it. And so 
knowing that like you're not alone in in all of the kind of ups and downs. Irene? Yeah, I think similarly, I think the biggest thing for me has been mindset. Like resilience is like the first step. And then the second step is like, regardless of whatever is happening outside that you have like focus and a positive mindset and an abundance mindset, I would say, so that you don't get like down in the weeds when things are hard. No, I I think that's really important because especially the abundance mindset, because like what's for you will be for you. Like you will receive whatever that thing is versus like thinking about it as like someone else has something that you don't. Because like I think if you focus on yourself, then the abundance of the things will come that mm-hmm. you want. So I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What advice do you have for someone that's just getting started in, because um, you guys, I mean, you essentially do meal prep. So I'm wondering like, what have you learned? Like, what advice do you have for someone that's doing a meal prep company? So much. I mean, I think for someone who is obviously interested in food and food is can be so beautiful and very much obviously our philosophy is food is medicine. I think one of our biggest things too is just taking care of your team. That's really important for us. You know, obviously there's a lot of people, but you really want to consider who you're choosing and I think who can help and who's excited to help. But I think also like just taking care of them in the sense of like in a kitchen culture, for example, it's like voicing appreciation, creating like a family meal, asking people to be a part of projects or getting insight or their feedback. I think all of those things are really, really important and trying to consider, you know, each individual's unique personalities or contributions or skills or experiences. I think obviously as we grow and and manage more people and some full-time, some contractors, obviously hiring is always going to be very challenging, but we've been super lucky too with the people that we have met or people that have been a part of our team, how great their experiences and skills and just they've been able to really help us throughout the whole experience. I think in a similar vein, the perspective I'll take is like how as a founder also like what Mm -hmm. needs to be true is like know your why. Because I think that if you don't know your why, it's it's hard and you're not going to get through all the peaks and valleys. So you really need to have like the end vision of what you want to build and what impact you want to have. And I think that's also super important so that you can communicate and motivate your team and help them see that the end of the light or end of the tunnel right, as well right. versus kind of like sometimes the day-to-day is not not exciting yeah no definitely true so your company is all about women taking care of themselves how do you take care of yourselves what do you guys do for self-care i do acupuncture um, or once a month my husband and i we switch off i think Being outside with my kids is really important. So whether that's a new hike or visiting a new place that's new to all of us, it'll be really Mm -hmm. fun. I love reading. So when I'm not too tired, love reading a new book about really anything. And learning, I think, is fun in, in the sense of whether that's inspiration for Chio or, you know, new ways of marketing. Things like that are fun for me. (laughs) yeah I think for me it's probably two things like one is 
protected mornings. Like I will wake up at 6 a.m. I don't have kids. Yeah. This will change when I have kids. But I will like wake up at no, 6 a.m. No, you'll get up earlier. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So 6 a.m. Yeah. So I'll like wake up at 6 and just like have like me time, yeah. have a coffee, go for a walk, just like clear my head so that when I am working, it's like fully cleared. Yeah. And then also I think what I've realized about myself too is like I actually do love working. I love building things and yeah, I'm the same, same. Yeah, yeah. if anything, it's more that I let my brain wander. Like that is self care for right. me because it's exciting and and it's like fun and challenging. And so typically, like I don't know, I might have some new business ideas and I write it on a page and then just park it because I don't have time for it. But like that's like fun for me. Or I'm like reading a new book or going to a museum or taking a walk and like, you know, looking at the different trees. But it's, it's more about like the kind of mental escapism. I think having that space to think about whatever it is, like makes you more creative and like you can bring it back to the business. So like, I think that's really mm-hmm. important. I try to do that same, that same thing mm-hmm. as well. Um, I have a question because I was talking to Liz and um, we were like going back and forth and like looking at the research for this podcast and just wondering, is there another life stage that you might be interested in focusing on? Like, I'm just wondering about like perimenopausal and menopausal women. Just curious, like to me, it would seem interesting looking at here's my vision for your company. No, <laughs> So it's like you have like a girl that is like, you know, starting to menstruate for the first time. And then you have where you are now, which is like, you know, people or in the stage of they want, you know, wanting to have children or being postpartum. And like, it would seem to me that it would be interesting to also look at menopause in mm-hmm. that way. That's just- Yeah, no, 100%. It's like, that's kind of the end goal is that we're a women's health company for every yeah. stage of yeah. transition. So first period to menopause and something that like, I have to tell investors this a lot yeah. as well as like, we're not there for the everyday, we're there when it matters most. Oh, I like that. There's five million companies out there to do the rest. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Very cool. So um, tell me what you guys are thankful for. I'd probably say my kids. And I think, yeah, I mean, even just where we are, I think we also, again, with the peaks and valleys, it's like thinking of like where we were to where we are today. So just, again, kind of having that mindset of like, I'm really thankful of like, the journey that we've had, but then also like the exciting things that we look forward to too. Yeah. I think similarly, like I'm, I'm thankful for all the people that have allowed us to do what we do. And that's right. That's like Jennifer being on this crazy journey with me. That's (laughs) the team that has gone on this crazy journey with us. That's our advisors. That's our investors. And like, of course, my husband, my family, like doing a startup takes over your life. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, So it's like everybody is involved. Yeah, even like our best friends who have helped us at events. One of my best friends who used to help like print labels, like the most random things. And we're super lucky to have a lot of great support to help us with the most random things. Yeah, I I had that in the beginning too. Like my friend and her husband had a creative agency. And so like they did the logo (laughs) and like they designed all of it because we used to do a a ton of in-person events, which we're kind of getting back to now. And she designed because I came from a corporate background, because I had access to a marketing department, I was like, oh, my God, I need a 30 by 40 blow up. I need this printed invitation. Like, and she would do all these things for me and crazy and like found a place for us to get it printed and 
my yeah. you know friends working the front door at the you know like checking people in at events and stuff like that so it's like so nice to have that like community of people that support totally. you so really great yeah I wanted to find out what you guys are celebrating. Um, as you know, at Hudson Kitchen, we have this bell in the lobby that we like to ring when people are celebrating something. So tell us what's going on. It could be personal or professional. doesn't matter. Well, Irene's getting married. Yay. Congratulations. That's exciting. We had a civil ceremony last year, but we're doing, You're doing the, the thing with the, with the white dress and yeah. everything. Yeah. Amazing. A month. Amazing. So Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Business-wise. I mean, I feel like so many exciting things all the time, small and big. But I think the thing that we're excited about are probably like clinic partnerships. So we've partnered with some fertility clinics and some ongoing. So that's really exciting to be able to reach people in a different way. And I think even just like when our clients share small wins, when they let us know that they're pregnant or they just had a baby, I think those little wins are exciting for us too. That's really great. So guys, thank you so much for being here and thank you for being members of Hudson Kitchen. I mentioned before, but like your team is fantastic and I really enjoy working with them on a day-to-day basis. Um, please let everyone know where they can find out about you and Chio. So on Instagram, we are Chio. Um, our website is wearechio.com. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Great, thanks Janava. The Food Means Business podcast was produced by Hudson Kitchen. It is recorded at the studio at Carney Point and mixed and edited by Wild Home Podcasting. Our theme song is by Damien DeSandes, and I'm your host, Janaba Johnson-Jones. Follow Hudson Kitchen on Instagram, at the Hudson Kitchen, and to get food business bites right in your inbox, sign up for our newsletter at thehudsonkitchen.com forward slash newsletter. Listen, follow, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. Until next time.